for those of you who are joining us today for the very first time. And I just felt, um, I just felt led to push pause on our series today. We were supposed to talk about the discipline of being with children, which is very, very appropriate and very fitting for our Faithful Presence series and, and how Christ is present amongst us and our children. But I, I just have a special word for two groups of people that are with us today. And, and if you really listen to uh, the principles that are being spoken, anybody who doesn't clearly visibly fall in to these two categories would have something to take away from this. But I want to talk to our moms here for a few minutes, and then I want to talk to a, an entire other segment of people that are with us today uh, who might be experiencing pain today on Mother's Day, where Mother's Day may not be a celebration. It may not be an exciting and, and fun time for you. So, so first, let me talk to our moms, and let me just share with you a couple of thoughts, just straight from the heart. Hi, Melanie Riffle, as you're slipping out. Good to see you, sweetie. Melanie, back from the Philippines, everyone. <laughs> Love you, girl. Uh, number one, I want to just share with you that you're doing a better job than I think you think that you're doing. And if, um, if I have anything to share with you that's of merit today, and if there's anything that somehow watching Christy and, and other incredible moms, uh, particularly moms of younger kids, and even as they get into the teenage years, I think there's... There, there, there's, there's this uh, argument that the enemy likes to use with us. And it's just simply the argument that you're not doing enough. It's just really the argument that you could be doing better or you should be doing better. And in the family of God and the corporate witness of the community of faith, and with any authority that I have here in this house as pastor, I want to dispel that lie. Because it is just a flat-out lie that you're not doing enough. And at the end of the day, there's, there is always more that we could do. But at the end of the day, by the grace of God, I believe that he apportions unto you grace and strength and wisdom to do exactly what that day needs to be done. And so I, I want to, in the spirit, I want to take off every burden and every yoke and every word of guilt and condemnation and accusation that comes against you. Because in the strength of God, you are doing an amazing job. And I'm speaking to mothers in every context. Some of you have the privilege and, and the challenge of being a mother at home, day in and day out. And some of you have the privilege and the challenge of being a mother and yet your vocation and your career is not at home, which is equally, if not more so challenging. And I want to say to you, may the grace of the Lord be upon you. May the grace of the Lord be upon you. Motherhood and fatherhood, but in some ways more so motherhood, has such a pastoral and ministry-oriented dimension to it. It, it is pure ministry. 
And if you recall from some of the series that we've had here in the past, the word ministry, we've glamorized ministry. I don't know why we've glamorized it because ministry very simply means to serve. And it doesn't mean just to serve on a Sunday so that you can go to a Christmas party at the end of the year. It means to serve your butt off. Yeah, I said that. I said that. It means to serve. It means to work hard. It means to give and 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 give. And maybe a couple of times a year, you might get a thank you or you might get a heartfelt word of appreciation or you might get a handwritten note. But by and large, you know and I know that ministry and motherhood and serving really is about giving, not because of what you get back. But there is a calling. There is a calling. And those of you who serve as moms in the house, and we're going to bless you, and, and you serve in the very real yoke of day in, day out life, of trying to figure out your relationship with, the God, with God, and trying to figure out how to train your kids up and the pressures that come with that. And I'm convinced that parenting in this, in this age and in this generation I'm convinced that it's different than parenting in other generations. And that's not to belittle or that's not to discount or invalidate the very real challenges of parenting 20 and 40 and 50 years ago. But things like Snapchat and, and, and the things that, that, are, that our children can be privy to uh, in social media and the sports demands and all of the, the pressures that come crashing in, not just on our children, but even us, on us as moms. I feel like 20 or 30 and 40 years ago, the, the pressure from Pinterest and blogs and, you know, books and, and so many people that seem to be doing it right, the, the veneer of being the greatest mom through the platform of social media, that didn't exist 40 or 50 years ago. So it just feels like we're in this constant barrage of comparison to other people around us. And I wanna lift that off of you. You don't have to be like any other mother out there. And praise God for the things that they're doing and the things that God has revealed to them that are helping them be great moms uh, to, to the ministry assignment that God has given to, the, to them. But you have your own ministry assignment and God's gonna shape you. There's no one who can be a mom to your kids the way that you can be. Your kids need you. They don't need whoever you're seeing out there on plastic land. They don't need that. And that's not to discount all the wonderful people who are posting wonderful things. But we just have to be really careful, right? We just got to be really careful because we can really get swept in so easily and so quickly. And, and again, the enemy uses that to hook in and say, see, you're just not doing a good enough job. If only you can be a mom like her. If, if only you could clip coupons. <laughs> Christy leaned over to me. She goes, I don't clip coupons. Motherhood is ministry. It's ministry. It's work. It's thankless. And you know, here's, here's, here's the rub, really. Here's the rub. At the end of the day, at the end of the whole journey, your children, they get this incredible, powerful, dangerous opportunity 
to do whatever they want to do with their lives. Now, I don't know about you, but that, that kind of frustrates me a little bit. And it scares me that at the end of the day, out of, out of wiping so many poopy diapers and all of the countless lectures and everything, and all the money and all the late nights and the sleepless nights, at the end of the day, they have this thing inside of them that God has gifted them with, and they could completely walk away and disregard every single thing that's been imparted into them. And what do we do with that? How do we reconcile that? How do we come to grips with that? Because that's what the Father did. The Father created this creation, laid down the life of His Son, knowing that there would be part of His humanity that would just flat out choose to disregard that. That out of all of the investment and out of all the time and out of all the self-sacrifice that God himself poured out on his children, he knew that at the end of the day, they still had the choice to see it properly or to misinterpret all of it, to see it with gratitude or to see it with eyes of consumeristic self-centeredness. He knew, and yet, and yet, this is how he created the game. Christy and I, you know, when you get into this kind of reality in ministry, when you get into this level of reality, the kind of reality that says, do we, do we really want to do this? No I'm, no, I'm serious. Like the kind of reality that says, you know, I, I, I'm not getting paid enough money for this. And we could just go ahead and take off and we could be rich. Maybe, I'm kind of joking a little bit. You know, the kind of reality that says, seriously, th- this, this is not worth it. What's worth it? And, and the late nights, and even the tension that enters in on a marital level when you get down into the things that happen within the reality of ministry, just the reality of people being people, and the, and the, and the truth that you'll, and you, you can pour your life into someone and at one disagreement, they can walk away. One disagreement. And so we've had to wrestle, guys. We've had to wrestle with this. And in that wrestling, there's a verse that has jumped out, and it's just, it's just helped us. And, and I want it to help you in a similar but different way. But in John chapter 21, John chapter 21, verse 15, this is a story when Jesus is sitting down with one of his closest disciples and it's a disciple who ends up completely betraying the trust of Jesus, like flat out denying him. I don't even know the guy. So a lot of great lip service and I feel like it was all authentic coming from Peter. But at the end of the day, when he was pressed, he was like, I don't know him. I'm not with him. I don't associate with him. And Jesus has a conversation where Jesus restores him. And this is what this looks like. Verse 15 says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Do you love me? 
If some of you guys are familiar with the story, you may recall Jesus is actually referencing a conversation where Peter pipes up and he's like, hey, listen, these jokers may all bail, but I'm never going to leave you. I mean, that's kind of what he said. And so, so Jesus is referencing this conversation and he's like, hey, do you really love me more than these? And here's Peter, broken, humiliated, embarrassed, ashamed. And he responds, yes, Lord. Yeah, I've worked this out. I've denied you. I've rejected you. I was cowardly, but God, deep down in my soul, Jesus, I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Verse 16, again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord. Yes, you know that I love you. Jesus said, well, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. Sounds like a mother. Sounds very much like a mother. And we can get into all of the, the real-time metaphor of this on what it's like to take care of lambs and how utterly helpless that they are, how completely dependent that they are for everything, like babies, and maybe even like some of our 20-year-old babies. Just utterly dependent. And, and at the end of the day, here's what happened as Christy and I just fought, fought, and wrestled, and, and wrangled this thing down to the ground. Why are we doing this? It's Jesus because we love you. It's because we love you. And if our motivation for why we wash feet, and if our motivation for why we have countless conversations with people that have little to nothing that's tethering them to this family, it's because we love him. That's the thing. That's the thing that holds us. That's the thing that anchors us. Are you guys with me this morning? That's the thing. Because if we're just doing this for human reward, and in ministry there are human rewards, and in motherhood there are human rewards, but there has to be something that transcends and supersedes the human reward. And it's the calling that he has put on you. Moms, you have a sacred calling. You have a sacred calling. And you may not always be conscious of why you're making peanut butter jelly sandwiches before your kids run out the door. And you may not be conscious of why you run home and go pick up the water bottle and take it back to them. And you may not be conscious when you're trying to balance and coordinate, how do I get these two to dance and this one to soccer and how do I go across town? You may not be conscious of that. But at the end of the day, literally at the literal end of the day, when they're all supposed to be sleeping, my prayer is that something settles in inside of you that turns you upward and it says, God, in this, I worship you. 
in this, I am driven by my love for you. On the fumes, in the empty tank, the literal empty tank in the car, and the, the metaphorical empty tank in our soul. And when you have nothing left to give, and three kids are calling your name at the exact same time, what do you do with that? Somehow, some way, at some time, in some place, you find yourself saying, Jesus, motivate me and fuel me and strengthen me and move me and encourage me and help me tap into a supply that is fueled by my love for you. I'm going to love this child through this season. I'm going to love this child through their poor choices. I'm going to love this child through their outright rebellion, their flat out resistance. I'm going to love this child through their ingratitude. I'm going to love this child through them thinking at four years old, they know better than me at 40. And at six thinking they know better than me at 40. And at 14 thinking they know better than me at 40. And at 23 thinking they know better. Just come on, right? Right? I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to anchor myself to you. I may lose it. I may go crazy on you, but I'll do it because I love Jesus. I'm going to worry. I'm going to fret. I'm going to overprotect. I'm going to miscalculate. I'm going to overcalculate. And at the end of the day, God, I'm doing it out of my love for you. I'm doing it because you have gripped me. I'm doing it because you have called me. I'm doing it because you have graced me. I'm doing it because you have strengthened me. And 99% of the time, I feel like you picked the wrong person. But God, if you can use anything, you can use me. And I will do it to them because of my love for you. God's so pleased with you. He's so proud of you. And you're so vital to the grand picture of what God is doing in the kingdom and the cosmos. And so I stand here today and I thank you and I bless you and I honor you and I wanna, I wanna pray a prayer over you and then I wanna talk to a different group of people. Father, thank you for, Lord, those that are experiencing motherhood in a very tangible, concrete way. The monotony of motherhood, the pain of motherhood, Lord, the confusion and the frustration and the constant bombardment of not feeling like they're enough. And Father, today I pray in the name of Jesus that, that fresh strength and fresh grace and fresh life and fresh power would enter into the spirit and the soul and the mind and the will of every one of our mothers and our grandmothers. Oh God, I pray for a resiliency and I pray for a tenacity. And Father, above all, I pray for a recentering, a fresh wave of strength that comes from the love of Jesus. Do you love me? Wash the clothes. Do you love me? Make the lunch. Do you love me? Help with the math homework. Do you love me? Read the book for the 80th time.
Do you love me? Do you love me? And Father, I pray that the lives of our mothers here in this house would be strengthened by the love of God. Father, that they would receive the love of God as daughters and that they would pour out liberally and abundantly from that love to the children that you've entrusted to their care. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to speak to another group of, particularly of ladies that are with us this morning. I've been tenderized by the words of a friend of mine, and I want to I want to read these words to you, and it may not hit every single person that's in this room, but the heart behind this is that as a community, as a spiritual family, and as one who's been tasked with the immense responsibility to be tender and to be sensitive to so many different realities that we all face, my heart here is for us to, as a family, realize that Every one of us carry a different story. And how can we today be the body of Jesus? How can we today, in the midst of our celebration, or maybe even in the midst of our indifference, how can we turn our hearts and our attention to those today who might be hurting? And here's this, here's this, uh, I don't want to call it a poem, but maybe it's it's a lengthy poem. It says, to those who are hurting this weekend on Mother's Day, I see you. To the single women longing for a husband and arms to be filled with coos and cries, I see you. To the single moms who do this all alone, who might not get a present or day off from cooking and cleaning, I see you. To the divorced parents struggling with the loneliness and breaking these special holidays bring. I see you. To the ones who've lost their mothers, who will never have your mom to kiss and hold you on Mother's Day again, this side of heaven. I see you. To those separated from their moms in distance and miles, keeping you from celebrating together. I see you. To the ones who never had a loving mother, either from absence or her own weakness or transgression, making the word mother a far-off construct. I see you. To the women who have lost children from their arms or from their wombs, I see you. To those with children who are sick or even dying, I see you. To the women whose barren womb and longing heart makes them feel alienated and alone on Mother's Day, I see you. To the adopted mother who cannot post the pregnant pic or maybe even the newborn baby pic, I see you. To the birth mothers who released their children to be cared for in a way that they could not because love is bigger than we understand, I see you. To the mothers in the trenches, wondering if you can make it to the next hour, let alone tomorrow, I see you. To the mothers whose children have walked out of relationship with them and or out of relationship with Jesus, I see you. And to all those to whom Mother's Day holds a specific kind of pain, I see you.
But more than that, Jesus sees you. He loves you. His heart aches for you. And in this ache, you are not alone. So happy Mother's Day to each and every one, no matter your place or station or pain. Love where you are, how you can, to whom you can. And Jesus will do the rest and he will bring healing to your broken places. You are more than loved, you are cherished. You are not forgotten, you are seen, you are known. Psalm 147.3 says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. I thought it'd be appropriate today to also, as the body of Jesus Christ and as the family of God, I felt like it'd be appropriate for the body to just administer grace and healing and love and comfort one to another and, and we'll just do that as we close. So, Jonathan, if you wouldn't mind coming on up or if we have, good. And um, I wanna be sensitive on how the best way to do this is. Um, why don't we all stand? And if you're here today and you would say, yeah, there is a real specific kind of pain that this day holds for me. I wanna be very clear, you know, the scripture says for, in the context of spiritual family, it says that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice. And we rejoice, we rejoice today because of the beautiful gift of motherhood. We rejoice with you. And the scripture also encourages us to weep with those who weep. And in Christ and by the grace of God, those don't have to be at odds with each other. That we can actually, in our rejoicing, that we can, we can then weep out of tenderness and care and compassion. Trusting and knowing and believing that those who weep today will rejoice in the future. Jesus, your body was broken so that we could be whole. Your body was bruised so that internally we could be healed. Jesus, you laid your life down. And like Peter, we respond today, Jesus, we love you. We love you. Jesus, we love you. And as we come to your table today, Jesus, as we fellowship and as we sup together with you, I pray that our love for you would increase as our revelation of your love increases, as our receptivity of your love increases, that our love for you would grow. And whether we be mother or father or, or son or daughter or friend or brother or sister, God, that we would love one another out of the overflow of your love for us and out of our devotion of love to you. May we receive today the body of Christ.
with the cup in our hand. Jesus, thank you for your blood. It cleanses us. It heals us. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that constitutes us into the body of Jesus. Thank you for your blood that makes all things new. The entrance of your spirit into this family is made possible by the blood of Jesus. And I plead the blood and I proclaim the blood and I proclaim the gospel made possible by the blood over every person in this place. We declare God has come near in Christ. Jesus is Lord and the spirit is at work to make all things new. Let's receive. Family, would you just grab the hand of a person next to you as we are commissioned and sent into the world. Father, I pray that we, your body, the people of God, the body of Christ, the temple of the Holy Spirit, Lord, in the presence of God, as we have gathered to worship, as we have gathered to love you and to love one another, as we've gathered under the preaching of the word, as we've gathered at the table and the faithful administration of the sacraments, God, I pray today that we would now be sent, that we would be sent under the power of the Holy Spirit to join you in the Missio Dei, the mission of God, to incarnate your mission for lost humanity. Father, I pray that we will be sent to tend to our neighbor, that we will be sent to tend to the stranger, the foreigner, the alien, that we would be sent to tend to our enemy. God, that we would be sent to tend on personal levels, God, and on strategic levels and institutional levels, that we would be sent, Father, as your body into this city, into this world to proclaim, to serve, to listen, to befriend, to heal, to impart grace, to exercise power, to bring a lost humanity into reconciliation and the cosmos into restoration. In Christ's name we pray, amen, amen. For wherever you stand today, we say to you, happy Mother's Day. God bless you, Antioch Church.